harm. While these findings are shocking, what are some of the underlying causes of these feelings? For comment, we're now joined by Carol Sito, the CEO of Save the Children Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Ms. Sito. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon, Nori. We are live this afternoon on Facebook as well, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, and we'd love for our listeners to be viewers to join us there. If you have any comment or your own observations, uh, feel free to join us, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Before we talk about the survey results, uh, Ms. Sito, tell us a little bit more about Save the Children Hong Kong. Uh, what sorts of work do you do there? Sure. Uh, Save the Children uh, operates in uh, almost 120 countries, actually. Wow. We are a 100-year-old organization, so we're very well known uh, around the world. Um, we share, all the officers share one belief, one single belief that every child deserves a future. Uh, and that ties us together. So we do a lot of work uh, in uh, on uh, children's development, education, uh, making sure that children are protected from harm. We also operate in, in uh, humanitarian crisis situations, like emergencies. Like recently, you hear about uh, India, right? The, right? Such severe and tragic situation with COVID. So our teams are there on the ground, actually helping delivering oxygen concentrators and everything. So we help uh, the most uh, underprivileged children uh, in our Hong Kong and around the world. And in Hong Kong, we are uh, 12 years old, so we have a, a younger history, and we focus our uh, uh, services on children's development and also uh, protection uh, services. Mm -hmm. So we run a number of uh, mental well-being uh, programs for children, and also, uh, for example, we focus on child abuse issues. Also recently, you heard in the news that there's very much uh, front and center about this very tragic five-year-old case. So, you know, we teach, uh, we have sessions with uh, parents and children about uh, positive parenting, about ways to communicate so you can have a more harmonious uh, family relationship. Yes, I did see a lot of uh, quoting of yourself as well <laughs> in the news regarding the cases. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your, your recent uh, survey results. Um, it's called uh, Young Voices. Mm. Uh, what is it about? What inspired uh, this survey? Yes, uh, this has been a, a, a work that is in progress for over two years, and we just released the results. Uh, we started the work and some focus group in uh, middle of 2019 um, to, you know, the objective of the study, because we are saved children and we care about uh, the perspectives of children. So really the objective is to understand their needs and their perspectives on matters that affect in their daily lives, like in the school setting, in the communities, at home, Friendships. Uh, exactly. Mm. Like, how do they see these different issues that are impacting their lives? Mm. And that's the most important thing is actually understanding and hearing uh, their perspectives. Yeah, some shocking results that we, we found Indeed. there. Upon reading um, your press release and the survey mm. results, I couldn't believe it. 42% are sort of persistently feeling low or down. Uh, tell us more about these survey results. What did you find in your survey? Um, as you mentioned before, Noreen, um, it is shocking for me when I saw the the, the key findings, right? 42% uh, of the kids feel sad for a very long time. And very alarmingly, three out of five children worry that someone they know will uh, conduct self-harm. So, uh, and then other res results that we, we have seen um, is uh, not surprisingly, uh, a lot of children, like two thirds of them are experiencing academic pressure. I grew up in Hong Kong, so I can understand the amount of pressure there are on the kids, you know, always trying to perform well and focusing on the excellence. Um, 
the uh, the survey respondents also talk about the school life in terms of uh, bullying as an issue. You know, quarter of them always ex have experienced bullying in school, and also online safety issues also. And then we also uh, ask them about their outlook on the future. Um, only 57% of the students told us that they are positive about their future. So, you know, on the flip side, you can say four out of 10 children are saying that they are quite negative and they feel kind of lost. And, uh, you know, what is their identity? What does the future look like? You know, what is that outlook? So all these results are, are quite uh, worrying. Yeah, what are some of the contributing factors to these um, results? You, you mentioned just now school life mm. is one. Why, why are young people in Hong Kong um, not so optimistic about the future. Mm. <clears throat> I looked at the results, and and over the in the past year or so, we have talked to a lot of, of children. You know, a lot of young people. Uh, one thing that you know came through in the focus group discussions uh, is about the school life, about bullying. That issue you hear a lot. You know, uh, uh, in, in our everyday life. But when I talk to children, they really feel it. You know, one one child told me that. Uh, she witnesses it at school all the time, and it it doesn't have to be any specific incidents. You might show up in school with a, a pimple on your face. Maybe you have a bad hair day. Something very very simple. And she you know saw her friends being bullied, and she told me that you know verbal bullying is actually a good thing already if you just get teased and you get harassed by a group of people and that's actually okay you know that's not can so you imagine bad that's right you might get hit you oh. may get pushed onto the wall oh, and that is the bullying because one of the results also in from a survey told us 50 percent of the kids don't feel safe in the classroom and i asked myself why like why wouldn't you feel safe in the classroom and i think these kind of things when they worry that they will be harmed and they might experience violence, whether it's verbal or physical, these are things that contribute to, to their mental uh, well-being. Um, and then before you were, you were mentioning also the future outlook, um, I look at those results and say, oh, 40 percent you know, of, of our young people in Hong Kong feel kind of negative about their future. And I can understand why, because you look at our, our economy, uh, especially last year with COVID, you know, the whole world is actually experiencing that. You get stuck at home and you see the, you know, you see the stores around you basically closing by the day, right? You can actually feel that economic decline in Hong Kong. And with school and, closures and having to adapt to a new mode of learning. Exactly. And they, they you know, some of the uh, uh, DSE students told me that you know, that's the most important exam in their life that determines their future. I cannot fail it. And I'm falling so far behind. And that was earlier on in wave one and wave two. How am I going to catch up with my studies? And they're very, very worried about their future. Am I going to get a job? I'm not sure. Yeah, absolutely. What about the resilience of young people? I mean, you mentioned just now, Carol, that, you know, sometimes children get bullied even if they have a pimple yeah. um, on their face. That may not be so different to when we were at school. You know, children can be quite mean. Children can be quite cruel. What about, you know, are children and young people these days less resilient? And perhaps, you know, they need to develop, um, you know, thicker skin or, or just, you know, develop skills to cope better. I think it is important for our young people to develop these skills. Uh, and that's why at Safety Children, we also offer a lot of services and programs um, to support and enhance their mental well-being, to help them build the resilience. 
when we talk about children's resilience, we you talk about three things, the three domains. You know, uh, in Hong Kong, we always talk about the academic, you know, competence. That's one thing. But the social and emotional uh, uh, competence yes, is so important, exactly. and that's what the children are deprived of, especially during the times of COVID. Um, so I think we really need to do more to help our children, you know, build their resilience and overcome these challenges in our environment. Yeah. Well, one of my questions was really how to support these young children, and mm. one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, parents are so busy these days with with COVID, with everything, to try and make ends meet. They're working long hours. Completely. They may not even feel supported themselves as parents. So, how can they? Yeah, how can we better support the young people and then children in our lives? I can completely understand that. In fact, just recently we did another small survey just to to interview the parents. They're telling us that they were more stressed during the times of COVID with online learning because they used to be able to rely on the teachers. Say, okay, you go exactly. to school, the teachers will help you. Now, now you're all stuck at home. That's my responsibility. IT support exactly. Well. I'm going to teach all this social sciences and math and English and everything else. So. I can really appreciate that. You know, sometimes I, I see a lot of talk to parents, and they 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 struggle. Last year, I was uh, at one of the centers, especially talking to, to parents of special education needs children. Yes. You know, maybe autism, ADHD. They are so stressed. First, they feel the financial hardship. Mm -hmm. They say. My husband lost my job. I see my daughters at home. You know they're struggling. They're unhappy. But I don't know what to do. And sometimes I have my temper too because I don't know how to get my 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 energy out. So I really feel for the parents. And mm. um, you know, for our programs, we always actually all, always help children and the parents and the caregivers together because it's so important to build that harmonious family relationship to support both the parents and the children. Because ultimately, that's better for the entire family. Absolutely. And in Hong Kong, we've got the added layer of, you know, generational. Sometimes it's not even the parents looking that's after right. the children. That's right. The grandmothers and grandfathers. Absolutely. <laughs> the gong gong papas, you know, yeah. looking after the, 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 the children and the helpers as well. Mm -hmm. So how can we, you know, get everybody on board to, to better support the children? It's difficult. Yes. I think even creating the awareness. And over the course of last year, when we look at not just Hong Kong, but around the world, the whole idea of mental well-being really has you know, become uh, 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 front and center as yes. a topic to discuss. Everyone talks about the stress and anxieties. These have long-term implications uh, on, on families and on our children. So I think raising that awareness is a good thing and recognizing you know, all of us as a community, we have a responsibility to help each other. Exactly, and, and you mentioned just now, you know, just that self-care. Mm. We used to always say, you know, self-care is, is a luxury, but actually it's a necessity. We all need to take some time just to recharge our own batteries and parents are, are included, you know, in order to have a, a great family network, parents are really at the center. If, if you can't really look after yourself, how can you look after your children? Completely, completely. Last week I was speaking at another forum, uh, you know, and uh, was all parents at, at, the, uh, at the company and one of the messages was like, give yourself a break. <laughs> Don't be, don't be too harsh on yourself. And I think for them to see one another, talk to one another, and knowing Everybody's that in the same I'm boat. not alone, yes. exactly, we're all in it together, that is helpful. They feel that there's some support around them. Yeah, finally, Carol, you mentioned you have some programs to support the children and the families. Can you outline a few for some of our listeners? 
Sure. Um, we have a portfolio of uh, mental well-being programs, and we do that in collaboration of, with many uh, local NGO partners. Uh, so we, we do a mix of things. Um, we do uh, play therapy, uh, art therapy with children, and also with the parents. Uh, we do sometimes uh, intensive uh, counseling also for the children that are really suffering from anxiety and stress, so you, they need more and hand-holding and more dedicated support. Uh, we also have some... Uh, 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 school programs, actually, uh, suicide prevention. You know, before I was talking about self-harm, and that, that's a very worrying situation. So going into the schools and teaching them about, you know, recognizing the symptoms and also how to prevent that. Um, these are the type of uh, mental well-being uh, programs that we currently have. And then um, we also teach uh, positive parenting. So we have children's sessions as of parents. For parents, you know, they need to take care of themselves. They need to also learn that uh, there are other ways that you can communicate with your child and you don't have to just, you know, always slap your kid and yell at your kid you know, because ultimately that has, uh, uh, that impacts your, your, your children negatively. So we talk to the parents about uh, different ways of communication and also for, for the, on the children's side and how do you, how do you protect them so, uh, yourself? Exactly, and I think a lot of times we grew up in a in, in a in a culture where it was okay for our parents to smack us, maybe to smack our <laughs> right. hand or, or bottom. Right. At the same time, you know, now the children you can't smack them anymore. You, you need to explain things to them because they have feelings, and you know that. They, they are children, they're humans as well. And if you, I mean, as adults, if somebody smacked us, we don't, we're not going to listen to that person. And the same principle applies to children as well. Exactly. You can't beat it into them. Yeah, yeah exactly. There are just different ways of, of parenting. So, you know, the positive parenting is something that we really promote, especially, you know, uh, as I mentioned before, the recent case with child abuse. Yes. That is just a stark reminder that, you know, child abuse is just not tolerable. We, it's zero tolerance for us. So there ought to be better ways, you know, for us to, to interact, to engage with our, our children. Absolutely, Carol. Remind our listeners once again, have you got a website and are you on social media? How can we find out more about Save the Children Hong Kong? Yes, we have uh, our website. If you uh, type savethechildren.org uh, slash Hong Kong, you'll find our website and you have more um, information about our programs in Hong Kong and also around the world. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well excellent. and a YouTube channel excellent wow all, all channels of communication is wide open I'd like to thank uh, Carol Sito the CEO of Save the Children Hong Kong thank you so much for your time thank you very much Noreen mm -hmm.